So glad you're here for the uh, second of two worship apps that we have at ARC 2018. Everybody having a good time so far? How about, how about, how fun was it bringing out the organ in that last session? Was that fun? I was going to church on the side stage. Hey, um, if you're here expecting, we're bringing another chair for you, by the way. If you're expecting Ryan Williams, he actually had, because um, he was the one who's going to lead this app session, he actually um, got sick and had some stuff going on with his family. He wasn't able to make it. So I know it might be a little disappointing because Ryan is one of my absolute favorites, but um, you have to put up with me again today. So sorry, everybody. But what I'm going to do, <laughs> all I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to facilitate the conversation. Um, if you were in our app session yesterday, we, uh, we had some time for prayer, or no, prayer, <laughs> I've been in church all day. We had some time for Q&A at the end of the session. And so, um, again, same thing. Just write, write some questions down. We got some where we're going to start. Will I feedback if I'm in front of the speaker? Okay. Oh, you sure? I heard a little feedback. Um, so we've got, an, I mean, we got like a rock star, literally, in some cases, uh, panel of... Uh, uh, well, literally. Okay, yeah, bad joke. Anyways... Um, just incredible, I want to say judges, they're not judges, not judges, but incredible worship leaders at incredible churches. I'm going to do really, really quick, do an intro of every one of them, and then um, I'm going to ask these guys some questions for a little bit, and then we'll open it up to Q&A. Is everybody good with that? Okay, everybody got your, your, your lunch and ready to go? Okay, so at the very end of the line here, we have one of my best friends in the world is Matt Adcox. He is the, he's actually the, past, uh, the pastor over all of the Jacksonville campuses of Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Did I say that right? But he was, he's, he's led worship his whole life and was the worship pastor, but now he's, he's you know, uh, flying high, you know, doing his thing, but still leads worship. You've seen him lead worship here this week. Next to him, so that's Celebration he's Jacksonville. He's, he's, he's won a Grammy, so there is that. There is that. <laughs> oh, sorry, just a dove. Yeah, just a dove. Next to him, <laughs> that's hilarious. Next to him is Jared Welch. Jared is the worship pastor at The Life Church in Memphis, Tennessee, an incredible church. Uh, can't wait to hear what he has to say. Next to him is Birch Paul Jr., right? Birch is the worship pastor at Life Point Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. His pastor, Pastor Daniel Floyd, spoke yesterday morning, did a phenomenal job. Next to him, going down the line, is Stephen Robertson, who is one of the campus worship pastors at Christ Fellowship in West Palm Beach, um, and that whole so South Florida area, that's an incredible church, um, and does a phenomenal, huh? And he's Birch's brother. He's Birch's brother, that's right. Does an incredible job there. <laughs> that's hilarious. And then, um, and then we have Brandon Lake, who is uh, on the central worship staff. He's one of the worship pastors at Seacoast Church. If you know the story, Seacoast is really the... The, the church that we're all here as an ARC conference because of the, really the, the call that was on Pastor Greg's life, and Brandon does a phenomenal job. Actually, Brandon used to be at Life Point, came from Seacoast, went to Life Point, is now home at Seacoast again, and really great to have him here. Next to him is Evan John. You, you saw him lead, uh, lead out the first song uh, last night, World Needs Jesus. Evan is one of the campus worship pastors at River Valley Church in Minnesota, um, actually works with Ryan Williams. Evan 
uh, is, is an incredible worship leader, as you saw last night. I can't wait to hear from him, too. And then we have here at Highlands our very own Christopher Griffin. <laughs> um, Chris, his title um, is, he, he does a lot of stuff, but basically he it helps me oversee our, our songwriting process, how we, uh, how we do specials, um, how we create our sounds, all of that stuff. Plus, he's just a boss musician, so he's here to talk with us as well. Okay, everybody give our panel a little hand. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. And th this, this app is about um, shaping the sound of your house. So it's, it, so it's kind of a big topic. We're going to focus it in a couple different areas because there's a lot to this. Um, but these guys have done a superb job. And the cool thing about the body of Christ is that there, there is uniqueness in every church. And there's different, really, different types of anointing on every church uh, to, do, to accomplish different things. And so these guys are great representatives. So let's just jump right in. And this is, the, I think, the biggest question that I have had over the years of, uh, in creating the sound of our church is how, and you guys, just whoever wants to jump in on this, how do you differentiate from style versus what is the sound of your house. So what's the difference between I just like this style versus this is what we're actually going for? Ready, set, Brandon, Lake, go. Boom. Um, we thought of this question together, so I have a, just a moment, literally maybe five minutes to think about this. But I just wrote down, for us, I think uh, style's ever evolving, and so we don't like to get too caught up on that. Um, but I know that it's important, um, and so... We, we're like in this season, we're trying to champion almost like all styles that are re relevant right now and uh, find people within our house that like have that sound and celebrate that and pull it out of them. But the thing I think for us that separates style and, um, and really the sound is, I think style is a guitar patch or a, a synth patch or a guitar tone, but the sound of our house sounds like joy. It sounds like celebration. It sounds like transformation. It sounds like healing. It sounds really, hopefully, like what a relationship with Jesus feels like and should sound like. Yeah, I might add um, style and preferences. I'm sure the question is asked in an innocent way, um, but just to say it, just because you know, who knows just where you're at uh, in ministry or just where your church is at, but. The first thing I would say is that all of that really falls up under whatever your pastor's uh, style or preference is. And so sometimes that might mean, you know, doing a style that you're not comfortable with, but figuring out how to make that happen and do it with excitement. And um, that's just one thought, first thought that came to my mind. So. I love the sound of the house. It really is. Again, I just partner with that. If I can add one thing, I mean, it's 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 sound of vision. It's the sound of uh, faith. It's the sound of kind of like what you were saying. Um, it is uh, sometimes the sound of the prophetic and, and, and what you were saying about how each house kind of almost can be assigned uh, a spiritual gifting um, or, or some kind of um, an attribute of the Holy Spirit within that. So, you know, the sound is the, is the, the pastor's heart, the anthem, and the vision kind of outworking through your church. So the sound of the saints and the collective, um, it's this kind of creates this beautiful... You know, no church will sound the same, but um, that's yeah, good. So. that's awesome. That's great. Well, hey, okay, yeah, yeah, I got, I got, 
Hey, just from a from an application point of view, for you guys that are multi-site churches or thinking about uh, being a multi-site, or if that's the vision of your uh, of your team, uh, for us, we have to give a lot of thought to the replication of, especially the weekend services, and uh, and and for us, it's it's kind of the motto of simple songs done well, and so we're thinking we have a very large team, and and. Um, you know, most of these guys are, uh, they're not pay to play, uh, they're volunteers, and so we, we have a, a process that we run them through, but um, our motto is, is, is uh, to keep it simple and, and to do it at a, a really uh, high level, so it's almost a, um, uh, yeah. So that actually That's forces decisions, I guess, then on what you're trying to accomplish musically, because we are, we are talking, you know, the sound can be both the musical style, right, but also what we're saying. And, um, and so that, that can create a decision there. Um, Evan, let me ask you this question. Um, how do you create, so, so some of us, we like to write songs. I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. But all of us love having new songs, right? We, we get bored with the songs that we have. How, how do you create at River Valley, how do you create buy-in from your congregation on a new song? Um, you know, something that's, something, some, some new thing that's going on. What, what are some of the things that you, you would do? How do you teach a new song to the crowd? Give us some of those details. Absolutely. Um, we're really, really big on matching the messages that our pastor preaches. Like, we're literally every single sermon, Pastor Rob is speaking. My phone is out. I'm taking notes. What is he saying? What are the points that are resonating with our church? Write those down. Next co-write session, guess what points we're bringing up? It's like, Pastor Rob said this, this is the heart of our lead pastor. And um, I would just say, to that point, know the heart of your lead pastor, know what his vision is, know, know what his preferences are. I know that that's already been said. Um, but creating buy-in from your people, when they hear your pastor saying something and they hear you singing the exact same thing, it's resonating. It's like, yes, 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 there's unity. There's power in unity. And uh, we actually just, um, we had a, a worship night in my campus um, just, just literally like a couple weeks ago. And God, he brought me back to the story of Paul and Silas who were, uh, they were, they were put in prison for uh, setting the demon-possessed lady free. And this, like, it like just arrested me. I'm just reading through this. And it says this, um, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and all the prison doors flew open, and their chains came loose. And earlier in that, it says that they began to lift up hymns of praise, and the prisoners were listening. And that, that, that arrested me, and what that brought me to is that there is power in our praise. So immediately, I'm going to put the emphasis on, this isn't my job to lead our church in worship. We are in this together. I'm going to step off the stage, and I'm going to put myself in equal standing with you. And you have no idea when you lift up a song of praise, a song that's like associated with our house. When we, when we write new songs, I, I literally every time, hey, church, this is a song about the faithfulness of God, and it's born out of this house. This is our song. And um, when you put it, when you, when you level the playing field and you put people in responsibility that there's power in your praise, who knows, the person sitting next to you that's brand new, that literally just had something tragic going on in their life, there's cancer in their, in their body, whatever it is, the power of your praise could literally set their chains 
flying to the floor. The power of your praise can literally so just take the walls down around people. So um, I don't know if that answered the that questions. Awesome. But That's great. That's great. Hey, Matt, t- uh, if you guys ever have a chance to go to Celebration Church in Jacksonville, it's one of the most, every worship set, it seems like everybody's just in all, like at the very beginning. So talk through kind of how, what, your process for, you know, new songs, whether you've written them or just body of Christ songs that you love, like, and how do you get it into the crowd? And really, how how do you create that that atmosphere that I've experienced where people are just going crazy, they want to be in from the very beginning? Like, well, how do you get, get us from... I want to teach this song to the church to we're doing it and everybody's in it. I think that, um, as, as you said earlier, it's, it's about keeping it simple and it's not about overcomplicating it. And so as we're choosing songs, it's a, what is the vision of our house from our pastor? Um, and then from there, is this song resonating with us? Like, are we able to feel like we could actually, we can, we can connect with this song. And it's also setting expect, expecta- expectancy is probably the best way to say it. There's an expectancy when we come into God's house that we're entering his house with thanksgiving and entering his courts with praise. And that expect that expectation of God is going to show up here and he is going to come into this place today. I think as we as a team and as a staff and as volunteers begin to set that precedent, it just like overflows into the church. And so as we begin to teach new songs or do new songs, again, if we're not connected with it, it's going to be very difficult to, to push out. Absolutely. And so for us, it's, we need to, we, we need to have a connection with it. Original Hillsong, whoever it may be, whatever those songs are. And sometimes some songs work in some places and some houses, and sometimes they don't that's work in others. True, yeah. And a song that works in our house really well that's not our song may not work well in your church. It could be the season that God's bringing your church through. It could be something that's for that time of where you're at. And so I always encourage everybody to pray and really seek God and say, what is it that you want to speak today to our church? And where are we at? And how can I help engage that? A real practical thing. Um, I would encourage you to never play a new song on Sunday that the first two rows hasn't already heard. Wow. So like your pastor, your staff, your leaders, like all staff meeting, rehearsal, like when you play a new song, be it your own or somebody else's, like there should be like 30 people in church who already know it. You know what I'm saying? Because they really help you set the tone. And, and if, you're, if, you're, if you're kind of um, presenting it as brand new for everyone, then kind of everybody has that first kind of shock and awe experience. That first two rows is really going to help you out. So um, I would really encourage you to just make sure that, like, somebody else knows it, too. It'll help you, And likes it. (laughs) And and, and also likes it. When you're leading a brand-new song and you got the first two rows and somebody lifts their hand, even if, like, they're helping you out, that gives you a whole other level of confidence. You're like, all right, I'm going to own this thing. Two two more practical things, too. Um, Man, I don't know. I'm a worship leader, and I still can't stand when – I'm being led in worship, and I can't sing the song. Yes. And, like, this is what I do for a living. Right. And it's just, like, way too high or way too difficult. And so just going back to the simple thing, making it accessible, like choosing songs that are accessible. Like, people go home, and, like, they're not just singing that the day of. They're singing it in their car. They're singing it with their kids. Like, their kids catch on to it. 
And so just making sure that it's like it's there's songs that like people can take home. And uh, that's when they're going through hell, you know, Monday through Saturday. So it's like when they need it the most. And then the second thing is we've gotten really creative with how we um, we've used social media. As of recently, we've created Spotify playlists. Um, you'll see like Bethel has been doing that. We, we do that for our church as well. And any series we're going into, we're like putting on the songs we're going to be introducing. Wow. And so our staff gets to know them and they're the ones sharing the playlist. Facebook blowing it up. And so, so we go into series and everybody's like, I already know this song, even though we're still teaching it to them. So. Yeah, so good. Hey, let me let me go. I love, that's so great. You guys write, write, write that one down. Um, as I was sitting here listening to you guys, I think most of us have senior pastors that at one point were worship leaders. Um, I know ours was. I know River Valley. I was talking to Pastor Rob yesterday and he said that. Um, I know Pastor Greg is definitely a musician. I don't know. Yeah. I think he did lead worship early on at some point. Definitely know Todd Mullins was <laughs> and <laughs> Pastor Daniel. Was was Pastor John? I don't know if he was. was, was there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So so let's go back. That's that's hilarious. So I think I think a really really important skill in creating and shaping the 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 sound of your house is and we kind of hit it briefly at the beginning is the relationship that you have with your senior leader. And um, of course, you know, it's great to work for a senior pastor who has that musicality. I know a lot of uh, probably half of us in the room have some sort of musical, you know, senior pastor and maybe half of us don't. But regardless of that, they really are they they really are the worship pastor of the church. We are more like the biblical model would be they're King David and we're kind of like the Asaph, the chief musicians, right? So 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 Birch, why don't you jump in on this? How do, what's the interaction? Because I know uh, Pastor Daniel's so musical. You know what what happens when you're trying to shape the sound and and he's not liking it? What what's the response? What do you yeah. do? Well, um, he he he's very um, he will let me know. And he will definitely let me know. So I just try to get him as as a part of my my area as possible. I really encourage that. Like if your senior pastor doesn't, if you can't feel his fingerprint on your department, then you're missing something. And um, so I do my very best to make sure that he is never surprised. But he's also my biggest fan for everything that we're doing. New songs, original songs, arrangements, specials. Like I want him to be stoked about Sunday. Like I want him when he's got like a friend in town for him to be like, wait for this part. You're going to love it. So like I just simply, I do things like I send him a month's worth of cue sheet at a time. He gets to see our planning center set lists um, for the next four weeks. I said it to him every week so he can look at it, review it. We talk about it. We strategize. We make ideas. And, and when something is not great, like that he you know, felt out of alignment or felt like it didn't land correctly, I just own it and I just try to figure out, okay, help me understand what you didn't like about that so that I can not just um, be obedient to correction, but I can get, to, I can get his brain, you know what I'm saying? I can get his heart. And um, so then I can begin to look through, look at things through a filter that um, would um, give a better, a bigger picture of like who he is, and and that it kind of flows. It kind of feels like one expression. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Steven, you want to jump in? That was perfect. Anybody else want to jump? Okay, Brandon. Evan. Yeah, one thing, uh, Pastor Ryan. 
Um, by the way, he really wishes he could be here. He yeah. says hello to you all. Um, one big thing that he's taught our worship leaders and our staff is gentle pressure relentlessly applied. Yeah. And um, so you catch, uh, you catch the vision of your lead pastor. Uh, you get the overall picture of what that is. And sometimes style-wise, we might not all like exactly line up with the maybe the style preferences of our lead pastor. But when you have gentle pressure, week in, week out, relentlessly applied, it's amazing how fast you can push culture forward as a cultural setter, as a worship leader. So say, man, I, I'm noticing a young trend in our church, and I'm I'm vibing more with like the you know the Hillsong worship, maybe the Young and Free type stuff. But we're doing a lot of the maybe, I don't know, passion and, you know, like stuff that's more maybe, I, I don't know, different styles there. You know what I'm saying? And so you're not just jumping in the deep end and you're doing a whole set. You're doing a whole set of just young and free songs. It's just, hey, out of this month, two weeks out of this month, I'm going to do this young and free song, you know, or whatever it is. You know, introducing a new sound to your church. You're not just unloading on them, but gentle pressure relentlessly applied over time, it's amazing how far you can push your church forward. That's really, that's strong right there. Anybody else want to jump in? Jared, why don't you, why don't you talk to us a little bit, just moving this conversation forward, shaping the sound. What if, what if, you know, you have, and the conversation this morning is, I think, a perfect setup for this. Um, how, how do you, how, you know, with, with what Pastor Miles was talking about, we want to be the church. We don't want to be known as white church, black church, Hispanic church. How do we do that? I mean, how do we create a sound that welcomes someone from every cultural background? It's a big question, so yeah. that's why I threw it at you because I know yeah, you like I can, those questions. I can tell you what, what we do. So we, we're in, I'm in Memphis, so there's a lot of uh, just history when it comes to uh, just diversity and just the, all the things that everyone knows that comes from Memphis. And so we have a very diverse church. And uh, over the years, so I've been there for 13 years, and when I first came, I came from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oral Roberts University, Daryl Evans Acoustic Worship, yeah. that's all I knew. <laughs> and so, and then there's another guy who, you, you, uh, who has, was one of, is one of our worship leaders, he's a campus pastor, you guys probably know him, Johnny Hill. He came from a missionary Baptist church and knew black gospel. And so he had to, when, he, when we both came around the same time, he learned how to do Hillsong, and his, we, we joke with him, and we, his, his last name is Johnny Hillsong, even though it's really Johnny Hill. We call him Johnny Hillsong. I learned how to lead Fred Hammond stuff, and, and gospel, you know, I just, I learned it, had to do it. So to answer the question, it, it's, for us, it's, for sure there's preference. You know, there are some songs that we do that personally maybe I don't feel like I can lead great, or other people don't feel like they can lead great or sing great, and maybe it's not something that I would choose, but because I love my church and I love the vision of our pastor and I love the vision of my church and uh, we want to we do songs that everyone can relate to. And so, you know, just to be straight up honest, we'll do a song, we'll do, you know, different songs in, a, in the same worship set and sometimes the white people are all up in it and then the African-American, they're not so much or whatever, but we do Victory Belongs to Jesus by Todd Delaney and uh, Adonis over there starts, starts leading and everybody goes, you know, so we, we try to do songs that uh, can relate to everyone. And so we're very strategic on, on what that looks like. And we just, we, you know, we are, we're honest with each other and, we, you know, how can I improve on how I lead that song? And now as far as how you, 
uh, scale that, and how does that work on a you know multi-campus you know scenario? So we have four campuses, and so there are some teams that can't pull off that song, and some vocalists that can, and some that can. So at the end of the day, the you know when we when we were just one or two campuses, uh, we wanted to be diverse, and we wanted to do songs that. Um, was not just all Hillsong. We wanted to do all kinds of ranges of songs. So what was the, how did we do it? It's just work. And you, you put in the time. So if you had a special opener uh, for a conference and you knew it was a month away, well, what do you do in order to pull that off? You schedule it out and you practice it. You don't wait until the week of to practice that opener, right? So if you're going to do a song and you're for your team and you know it's going to challenge them, first of all, they'll, they'll appreciate it because it makes them better musicians and singers. But second of all, so don't schedule it next week. Schedule that gospel song or that thing that may stretch you scheduled a month from now and practice at it little by little yeah. so that when you do it you do it well because that's there's nothing worse than trying to do something it's like yeah they tried you know kind of thing so so for real like so even if even if you do four weeks out and then it's the week it's that it's that weekend and it's still not awesome well just wait and practice it until you get it right because it doesn't have to you know do it do it well because i mean obviously you know, excellence is obviously a value that we all have too. So you don't have to sacrifice excellence to do songs that may stretch you. You really don't if you plan ahead and you think about it. And um, it may be just one vote. Maybe you got one singer that can sing that song. Well, for a while it was me and me and Johnny for a while. And now we've got, you know, a great team that can lead all kinds of different things. So it's okay if it's just the one person for now, but grow it. And, and the more you do it, the more you'll you'll see people come and... And I appreciate the, I love when you did that song and I love when you did that song and it's different kinds of songs. And before you know it, you're going to have a crew of people that can, you can do all kinds of different stuff and it doesn't take quite as much as work. Now we can do a song, you know, we could plug it in in the week of and get it, but we, it didn't start there. It took us a while, if that makes sense. So, so good. The choice to just start working on it. Work, I think just do it. Just it do it. It doesn't even, it, it, I, another thing I would say is just choose the song. You know, if it yeah. comes from your pastor's chart, like pick it, pick a song you think is going to be it's going to work. And how do you get started? You just pick it and then put it on the calendar. And it may be six months from now. It may be next week, but just go for it, you know? That's good. Anybody else want to jump in on that? Yeah, Matt. And what you do, like what you model is what you get. And so whatever musically you model, you're going to attract that in. And if you model consistently bad results, you know, from a poor execution, like you're saying, let's just throw the song in. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna attract poor results. I hate to say that, but I'm just being honest. I've done this for almost 13 years now, and as you grow and as you learn, you may say, "Well, look, we're a startup. We don't have great musicians." I get it. Well, I've I've been there. I've done it. I've done mobile church for nine years, and I've been at four campuses in the 13 years that I've been there. I've started and closed campuses, and I've started with nobody. And then we've gotten to where we are today. And it's not I'm not saying that to say what I've done or what our team's done, because it's not that. It's all by God's grace that we're all even here and in this room. And it's an honor and privilege to even be here. Um, but what we model and what we practice and what we preach uh, is what we're going to attract. And so being authentic, like you're saying, like maybe it's not even a song that like I'm great at leading, but like you're authentic because it's in you because you're following the vision that God's put inside your pastor. And so when you lead that way, there's grace for that. And then people see the realness and authenticity that comes from that, and they want to be a part of it. So, I was just going to add, um, 
don't wait for diversity to come to you. Like, go, go find it. Like, and I don't mean that in a weird way, but like, if you're loving your community well, your team's going to be diverse. And I think that's like, that's the way I want to do it. Like, I think it's, it's like dressing for where we're going. It's like song selection. It's, it's all that. But like, we're not great at that. And it, it's, for me, it's been an indicator that like, I'm not working hard enough to go out and, and love on people that look different than me and say, hey, I think you should be on my team. And so I think if you're loving your community well, if your community is diverse, then your team's going to be diverse because you're, you're seeing something in everyone. And you're saying, I, I need you. I need you. You're not just waiting for – And I would say maybe I could add just to that and I'll get to you, Jared. I don't I – don't, I think we're – you know, most of us are thinking in the term of the different, you know, complexions of skin. But I think that also could be even – there's a strength that can come when you bring in different musical diversities. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So you might have, like we're finding in, in our context, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit when we get to special events, that there's, there's a French horn player that we can't use every Sunday morning. But there's something that's going to come up. Gosh darn it, we're going to use a French horn. You know what I mean? And so to, to, your, to your point, you have to be actively cultivating great relationships with all time. You can't just always be going after the next guitar player. You know? We did Jesus, We Love You a few weeks ago for our SEU students, and one of our guys plays saxophone, yeah. and I was like, this is either going to be so weird or the best thing ever. <laughs> so we, I started leading Jesus, We Love I said, just come in on the instrumental after the second course before we go into the all my you know, affection and all that. Yo, he ripped into a solo so <laughs> beautiful, I just started weeping. Wow. I just started weeping, and luckily it was like a small crew, and I just, I was done. Wow. I was done. It was the most beautiful thing ever. Saxophone. The, the only other little thing I was just going to add when it comes to, we, we were, I was talking about song selection and just the diversity yeah. conversation and just your church, but it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the song. I mean, for sure it's who, for us it's definitely who leads the song as well, you know, so a flavor that I give a song is going to be different than someone else, you know, so you don't have to always be limited on song selection, just be strategic in that and, and it will accomplish the same thing. Another one of the questions that we were talking about in preparation for this, this app session was, okay, we, you know, assuming that we're all bought in to the fact that we need to keep getting better excellence. A lot of us, though, the reality is in this room, a lot of us are in building phases, you know, where, where we're living in the reality that, you know, we still get the text at 1030 at night on a Saturday night from the drummer. Which I'm sorry if you're a drummer, but why is it always the drummer that texts you at 10:30 on Saturday night? It's always it's always the drummer. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Not really. I'm, it, yeah, exactly. So, so we're a lot of us are. Uh, act, the reality is we're all in building phases. We're all in different phases for sure. So, what are some ways to keep that great sound going? Some practical ways, if you guys don't mind. To keep that sound going when the drummer doesn't show up, you know. So good. Tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how to play drums. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just change it up and go go like acoustic and drop a get somebody on a box, or you just go old school, man. I mean, I'm like a 90s worship kid, so we just figured it out back in the day. I don't know what y'all do these days, but I can tell you what I used to do. <laughs> Didn't have a drummer. We just kept going. It was me and a keyboard, man. We just rolled. 
Hey, tra tracks, sorry, tracks, tracks team is awesome. It's great, but um, team tracks up. team always shows up. <laughs> Never except complains. For, except for when your drummer accidentally rips the power cable out and it dies at the start of service. Oh, gosh. Again, it's the drummer. What's up? Drummers. <laughs> that happened about two months ago. Something happened with the power adapter. Hey, maybe Fabulous. just maybe just speaking to the resourcing for a second. Like if if that happened for us, um, you know, we resource so well. Our planning center, I would argue, maybe looks a little bit better than some other churches because of the emphasis we put on the resources. So if you look on a song on our planning center, you're going to have 35 attachments that go with it. So you have the split out bass part. For the bass player, you have the split out guitar parts and a video that shows the guitar parts. You have all the alto and soprano, all the stuff is right there for them. So if, you know, it's, it's uh, for us, we're multi-site campus. So the, the main purpose in that is to make sure that the quality of a campus that's two hours away is the same as the central broadcast campus that's here. And again, it's simple and it's scalable, but it's excellent. And so when the player walks in, they know exactly what the expectation is and there's no question of it. So like the thing somebody would just to shift just a little bit, the thing someone might notice about a Highland sound check is nobody brings a chord chart, nobody's listening to the parts on their phone while somebody's running through. Like our culture is, you, the expectation is you know it coming in. And we, we, we grow that up through our infuse process. And then by the time they get there, they're simple songs, but they're done really well. So if you have to cancel and you have to get that drummer at 10 o'clock at night, all he has to do is pull up the resources and the expectation for him that day is listed right there. So that's good. Um, okay. Hey, I want to, I want to talk about, so part of the sound is special events, Christmas, Easter, worship nights. You mentioned that. So, so um, let's get a couple of you to, to chime in on how you approach that. Like, what are the wins? What's a win for a special event, okay, musically? Like, what, what are you looking to do? Why don't you start with, it could be a worship night or whatever. Yeah, so um, I, I'm in a campus specifically that's very much located demographically in a very traditional background. Um, like, basically, people feel a lot of things on the inside, but it doesn't always reflect itself physically and um, on the outside. And hey, it's all good. You're, you're, you're my, you know, you're my brother, you're my sister, but hey, we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. And um, so I've been on staff at my, my campus, specifically part-time, full-time for five years now. And a win for us was we decided, we, we felt something was stirring in our congregation. We've been noticing... Um, not just, you know, more people showing up on Sunday, but we've been noticing more engagement. But there were certain services, there were disconnects. It's like, why does 8.30 not feel like 11.15? Why does, you know, X, Y, and Z? So, you know what? We're going to bring people from 8.30 into the same room from the people from 11.15, and they're going to teach each other how to worship. And then we're going we're gonna to unify them and show them what they're a part of together as a household win for us is on that worship night, getting everybody in the same room from all the different services, probably people, some people they've literally never seen before. And uh, hey, we're all a part of this thing. Take a look around. Uh, you guys are family. And that night, the win for us was um, past, my campus pastor had me, had me uh, uh, speak a word out just on the power of praise. I shared that verse about um, you know how much power there is when we sing out. 
And that night, there was a glass ceiling that was broken. I saw people that um, loved Jesus wholeheartedly lift their hands, and there was breakthrough. I actually had a lady come up on st- a stage that had shared her testimony about her friend brought her to church every single weekend for two years. And one week, she said, you know what? Um, I'm going to lift my hands and see what happens. And she literally felt a breakthrough in her heart. And it's amazing what, you know, it's amazing what physical response can bring. And, um, and as soon as she shared that, the place erupted. We went into a few more songs and like it went from 75% physical engagement to 100%. And the next weekend, just literally, it was, it was just night and day. So that was a win for us. Somebody else, just your, at your church experience, special events, anything? Like, what, what do you do there? How do you approach that stuff? I'll just say we've kind of identified our weekends as, I'm going to use, like, a little bit of an analogy because um, this has helped me in, in, like, how we choose songs for certain events. Um, if you look at our church as, like, a house, there's different culture in different rooms of your house. And uh, so if you're having somebody over at your house for the very first time, you're going to take them to what room? The living room. There's living room culture. It's comfortable. It's safe. You'd never ask them to come to the bedroom. That's kind of creepy. It's a little bit weird. And so um, it's a place of intimacy. John, John starts in the bedroom. That <laughs> brings you right through there, and then he brings you to the rest of the house. <laughs> That's bedroom worship. Okay, time out. i got to clarify. <laughs> we just moved into a new house. Matt wanted to see my house. I gave him a tour of the house. End of story. He brought okay. me through the window. I was weird. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> through the window. That's that window Sorry, worship, ahead. baby. So, um, yeah, Sundays are our living room environment. It's going to be comfortable. Um, we like to say we're, we're charismatic with the seatbelt on. We're very careful about that seatbelt being tight um, on Sunday. But, you know, Wednesday, first Wednesdays, we have a, a night of worship. And that's the night where we just go a little bit deeper. We're a little more comfortable. Um, we're, we know that's our core. And so there's just some things we're a little bit more comfortable with and uh, we know where it's a little more active in the gifts of the Spirit. Not that they're not active on the weekend. It's just that there's more of an emphasis and a freedom in that space, in that room. So we choose songs like a song we wrote recently. It just hits really well on that night. It's called, you know, Prophesy. And so we, um, we, it's just, it lands really well. On, it's landed well on the weekend too, but that's a night where we flow a little bit more. We allow some time for prophetic songs to come out, um, just time where people resp- are responding to God all around the room and stuff. So um, that's kind of our bedroom in a way, uh, intimate time of worship. And then Sundays where we make sure that it's living room culture. That's good. That's good. Hey, Chris, how about you grab the mic and just uh, talk over here, talk uh, to us about um, maybe some of the big moments in the year where we could make a difference musically in somebody's life, drawing the, to Christ, you know, Christmas, Easter, that kind of thing. Yep, so, so that's kind of the thought of specials for us. It's typically like a Christmas, Easter, and it's usually setting up Pastor Chris's message, or we're going to use it as an opener for a conference, so like women's conference, men's conference, or something like Christmas or, or Easter. And uh, they kind of have two different functions. So the opener for us is, is something that's going to draw people in. And um, a, a special in, in our world is something that is, is beyond the norm of the weekend set. So um, 
we, we typically put a high degree of excellence on it. It's something where we can, we'll bring in extra players, we're doing extra rehearsals, we're, we're trying to look for something that's gonna draw in and, and captivate people in a different way. And then the special that we do that sets up the pastor's message, uh, kind of our thought behind that is, is we, we are kind of looking for a wow factor. You know, we're unashamedly looking for that thing that maybe that unbeliever that's going to come in that didn't connect to the worship set or didn't connect to the songs, that something happened in that three minutes and 30 seconds, that wow factor, that maybe they have that, that hard heart, but maybe something in that three minutes and 30 seconds broke because of maybe it's sheer excellence. Maybe it was just the, ex they're not even a believer. They didn't get any of the front end of the service, but maybe just the excellence of that moment. And then bam, your pastor walks out and sets it up and, and that opens up that opportunity. So that so that's our thought, uh, you know, behind behind the Weekend Special Screen. Uh, our pastor always says, we want to make it easy for people to find God hard for them to forget him. And uh, so one of the ways we can do that through music, uh, you know, in, in three weeks, we have a women's conference at our church and um, she wants to tell this big story at the beginning and we're, um, we're gonna use So Will I as a part of that. And she's kind of painting this picture and flowers and all this kind of stuff. And so in our mind, we're like, okay, what she's going after is like this gypsy sound. And so we're like, how can we take So Will I and, and change up the front end to help tell the story? And so, you know, we, we're going to get it. We got a pump organ and we got ukuleles and we got like these little instrumentation. And so we're going to sit down and we're going to put in the time to help rearrange songs. I love it. Even uh, you guys were talking about, um, uh, you know, just taking a taking a song to rearrange it and create a different sound and create a different picture for people. And so um, really, we're, we want to paint a picture with these different instruments and, and make people kind of lean in a little differently. Because um, if you've done a song a million times, people can quickly become complacent in those and um, it can become very, very automatic. And so uh, we do, we want to make people kind of turn in and lean in a little bit differently. Christmas time, you know, we'll, we'll do something that's a little different. Maybe we want to represent light, but we'll do like a Fantasia big string moment and we'll reach out to other people please reach out, collaborate with different churches, different people, different artists. Uh, I think a lot of the times, one of the things we forget to do in ministry is to celebrate the artists in your right. church, That's to good. celebrate That's the good. people in your church that are actually outreaching. And they're still being the church just in different avenues and making sure that we tap into those giftings and their artistry. Um, man, I, I want to be a pastor and, and uh, a church that celebrates the arts and celebrates the people who are in the arts. They may not be on my worship team, but I'm going to be their biggest champion, their biggest cheerleader, and find ways to get them involved, get their music involved, get them, you know, get them plugged in and keep them close. Because uh, if I don't do it, you know, the, the world will do it. And it's, it's a little different, you know? And so, um, yeah. It's fantastic. Hey, we're going to transition to just open Q&A. So I might grab these two mics. Hand that one to Caleb. I'll take this one. Yeah, he, uh, so, uh, call, uh, yeah, we got, we got questions. So um, I'll go right here first. Um, it's so simple, I guess, and maybe for just startup ministries. You guys are talking planning center. Yeah, you want to answer? As far as like, what is it and dysfunction? What does it do? What? Yeah, absolutely. How do you use it? Mm -hmm. So actually, can you do the what you did yesterday? Yeah.
Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, uh, so our church, we just released our first single uh, last weekend, and now we're about to go in the process of writing our EP. Now, what is it? So we have a couple of different music. So right here is our uh, worship leader. I'm the music director, and I have a question about uh, different styles. So like you have like a Jesus culture and like a Hillsong type style. Is it bad to be like too dynamic as like Ascend the Hill or a King's Kaleidoscope for like a, like a worship band um, to be singing those songs? Like you say, it's like super like, Super technical. Um, is that bad for like a Sunday experience? Is, that, is there like a point where it's like too far? Um, I th I think it probably speaks in. Um, I had the microphone, so I'm just gonna go to answer yeah. first. <laughs> uh, As you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th I think it um, I think it all depends on how your church responds. Um, I th I think the uh, the only only time you'll err in how you create your music is if you're trying to force something on your church that they don't want. Yeah. So if they're, if they're like, no, thank you. We're not hungry. <laughs> um, then change it up. You know, that's kind of the good thing about um, the, the reality of like, we have like this whole uh, world of worship and great artists all over the world that create all this great content. Like, there's certain people that kind of feel like kindred to you. Like when you play a Bethel song, it does something for your people. Or when you play a Hill song, it does something for your people. That should inform, not dictate, your sound of your house. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, you use that as a tool to help, like, like get, like, draw out, like, response. It's like, oh, okay. So when we, when we start talking about exalting Jesus, our church goes nuts. So we should have a couple of the songs that we're working on that are Jesus on the throne. Like, when we, when we start talking about, like, a spirit-filled life and being full with the Holy Spirit, then we need a couple of songs that just got, like, flags and twirlers and people yeah. could do backflips in the back. Yeah. And, but, so, you know, you, you use those... You use those songs to kind of help draw out what you should create. So it doesn't matter, really, whatever your church wants. Like, if they want that, you should do that. And if you don't, you'll, you'll really, like, just like a, like a pastor would know the heart of his flock and know the needs of his people, and he would, he would lead them in the word based upon those things. As a worship pastor, as a worship team, you've got to do those same things, too. Uh, can you speak just a little bit to um, how you create uh, an environment and how you build relationship to get your vocalists to the next level, to worship leaders, to be able to equip them? How do you do that on an individual level and also in a group level? Um, if you could just speak to that. I'm the worst one to answer this question because I'm a, a terrible singer, but I'm, I'm dealing with, I work with vocalists all all day in in the in our studio setting and trying to get them to the next level there, there's several tips that i have um we use the uh, brett manning he's a vocal coach you know nationally rec recognized coach he has a series of warm-ups so just an easy thing you can do is is we made that available on our planning center so our vocalists hit that every you know every day before they come in it's like a <clears throat> five minute male and female uh warm-up 
Um, we, we also uh, vet you know, these vocalists through our infuse process. Uh, we also have a, an in-house uh, Brett Manning certified you know, vocal teacher that we will bring in for a lot of these, these special events, especially if it's something that has anything with seven or more services. Um, if, if it's a special that, that I'm in charge of, I bring the vocalist in early, I have the, the vocal teacher there, and, and she's warming them up you know, 15 minutes or half an hour before, you know, that service to make sure that, you know, our goal is to finish like we started at, at the end of 10 services. You know, we want to have the same amount of, of intensity, so. Hey guys, I was just curious, when you're, um, when you're writing new music, how aware are you or intentional are you about the, the style it takes? I know that's kind of, of a production question, but are you thinking in terms of I want this to be like a four on the floor dance type tune or like a synth pop tune? Do you think about that when you write or does it just happen organically? I'd say both. Um, I think at some point you got to ask like, what do I want? What's the desired outcome? Like, what do I want this to create in someone? Uh, both emotionally, spiritually and like sonically, how do we get them to that place? So. I mean, if you're writing a song about, you know, um, that you want to feel like like high praise and it's slumpy, you know, you gotta you do need to like think about like how do we how do we get there? Well, sometimes we write a song too for like the recording, and then we change it how we do it live because it's just some things like you may not need for on the floor on the recording. It's like it sounds great with space. But um, then Sunday comes around, and we're like, it feels dead right here. And it's just, it's just different in the rooms. So we're like, dude, drummer, keep it in. We actually did that this morning. We're like, there was a spot where we're like, hey, just keep the kick in. It feels better. Um, so, yeah, we definitely think about all of that stuff. So. Hey, can I say one thing to you quickly uh, with your question? I just felt like I've been through this. So um, I really wrestled with forcing my style on the church's worship I was a part of. And then I just like got so free by realizing like I could do stuff outside yeah. and it didn't have to have my church's worship like name right. on it. Yeah. And so like, dude, no joke. Sometimes I have to write a country song to get the next worship song out. Yeah. Like, or whatever it is, like, I'll write whatever. And sometimes, and like, I think God loves that, you know? Yeah. And it just reaches a different kind of person or, but you know, whatever. That's so really like, you you don't have to, everything doesn't have to be like Seacoast worship or whatever. Yeah. Like, get creative outside. That's still the church. That still can be worship. But for your specific vision, it may need to sound a little bit more like this or yeah. feel like this. Hey, we're, I'm sorry, can I interrupt? Is it okay? Hey, I just, um, uh, the, the Lord woke me up like two nights ago just thinking about this session and, and this time. And I, I felt like he, he, uh, he gave me this, and I just wanted to, to share it with you. Um, it's Sorry if it's a little weird. It says, uh, there's some people in this room that have gifts that have been welling up inside them for a long time, but they thought they were too far away, that they were not attainable, that they were too much money, they were only for Hillsong or Elevation, and the Lord is saying, bring me your song, bring me your story, bring me your worship, and watch me do something in your house. Watch me do something in your congregation. Watch me do something to use your obedience in taking a step to multiply. Let me worry about can't, shouldn't, too old, too young, too black, too 80s, too scared. 
try and fail, get up and try again and fail less tomorrow. Start crafting, bring me your song. He wants to hear your song. And then he also gave me a word and the word was start. The word was start for some people in these rooms. There's, there's something that's so good on that because I think the thing that uh, we heard often is 280s, you know, too, too old, whatever it is. But I think the most important thing that you said in there is that God said, bring me your song. And I think if you are starting songwriting processes at your church so you could record an album, like to record an album, because, because you have envy of elevation or you look at Hillsong and they're so cool or, you know, um, I think you're, I think you're going to miss it. I think you're going to miss what you're tr actually trying to do. So if you're writing songs to like for, for you, first of all, just to love your God. And then somehow in the midst of your quiet time and your time alone with the Lord, with you and your team, you can help your church love him deeper Then you've won. You don't have to record an album. You've won. You just give your church something that they need. Not every, not every worship team needs to record an album. Not every preacher needs to write a book. Just give your church what they need. John Gray, actually, um, I got to ask him a similar question, and he said, uh, don't write from the outside in, write from the inside out. Because world does not need another Hillsong. They need another Seacoast. They need another you. They need absolutely what you sound like, what God's doing in your church. And so right from the inside out, not from the outside in. And you're so free when you realize that. And that's the song that God wants. Do you have any advice for transitioning musicians and vocalists from floor monitors to in-ears? Hush fell on the crowd. Yeah, it, it really is. It's kind of like the Nike phrase. You just got to do it. And um, we have our story. We actually had one of our best musicians ever um, in the history of our church leave our church because we decided to move away from music stands. And, um, and he actually had, he got we, what we did is we set about a six-month goal, which I think is kind of what Jared was saying earlier. So this is a practical music thing, and, and I firmly believe that you got to get the songs out of your head and into your heart. And if you have, and I understand the reason for music stands, and I'm not judging you if you use them. I'm just saying there might be another level of freedom in worship that could come if you're not attached to that piece of paper, or planning. It's now iPads, you know, or the iPad, whatever it is. Um, and so, so again, that was a goal for us to to do that out of the head into the heart. Um, and so we set a goal of six months, which I think is the first thing. You just got to make a decision. We moved towards that. I reminded them every other, every time I saw them, hey, just so you know, um, we've got about this many songs. If you, if you like to really have these songs memorized, we have about this many in our repertoire. Just start working on it. We got time, six months, five months, four months, all the way down. Got to the point, this one gentleman was really resisting. He was vocally resisting it, and even to the point where he was kind of stirring up stuff from the team. Finally, we got to the point, um, and, and I knew we were kind of headed to this. I was a, I was a young, pretty young leader at the time. I, could, I probably would have handled it a little differently now that I look back on it. We got to that deadline, and I just, did, I just took all the music stands out of the building. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this gentleman, again, one of the, uh, 
an incredible man, incredible musician, um, brought his own music stand, and and um, <laughs> and not only that, he it was almost like a protest. He he, have, you know what foam core is? Everybody, anybody ever done a class project with foam core? So he had a an eight and a half tall by four foot wide piece of foam core that he clipped onto his music stand, and then clipped every notated piece of paper out. And it was kind of like a protest. And so we played that service. You know, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was obvious he was making a statement. And I was very young. By the way, I think this is a great lesson for you young leaders, is that when, you, when God has given you the responsibility of the stage, there's a, there is authority that comes with it. You got to stay covered by your senior leader, but you, ha- you still have to make decisions based on that authority that you've been given. So this gentleman, and he'd played with, I'm not going to drop the names that he's played with, but you would all know the names he's played with. And he's about twice my age and a better musician than I am. And we just sat down after the service and I said, you know, we're, we're, I don't think we can have you on the team anymore because, because we're, this is where we're moving. And it was, again, it was just a, a vision point that we have that this may not be necessarily your vision point for your team. I'm just telling you our story. He left the church, actually had a meeting with, with Pastor Chris, our senior pastor, complained about the fact that we were doing that. Thankfully, I, we, I've got a great senior pastor just like you guys do. He said, well, you know, brother, this is, this is where I've asked John to lead the team. You know, so he kind of took it on himself. The guy left the church. It was painful. It was kind of embarrassing that he would go over me to talk to, you know, to, but, but we have the songs in our hearts, Highlands Worship, we show up and it's inside here. It's not necessarily inside here. And so I think to, to, to answer your question, you got you to do it. You got to give a time frame. You got to sh- cast the vision, lead to the vision. But then there is a point too where you have, to, you have to stand firm on that decision that you've made. So where's the next mic? I know. Are we getting good coverage of everybody? Got a few more minutes? Um, so uh, I guess before that, uh, Chris, you had said the word was start. And um, I, I feel very uh, naive, I guess, asking this probably, but uh, what are some tips and tricks to start? That's a great question. I'm, I'm going to share in 30 seconds our, our process. It does not have to be your process. But um, here at Highlands, we've, we've been experimenting for the last four or five years on what songwriting looks like to us and, and how to make it work. Um, for us, we... we Two times a year, uh, we take a team of like 15 people. It may be three people at your church, but we, we take 15 people on like a 24-hour writing retreat, somewhere quiet, and then uh, I, I, we break them up into groups of like three or four people, and we do 90-minute writing sessions. And the goal of that session is not to have a finished song. The goal of that session is to have a title, it's to have a chorus, it's to have a start. And then at the end of those 90 minutes, we bring it back to the group, we share it, we make a voice memo, and then we rotate the groups. And we do five or six sessions over a 24-hour period, and then we bring those songs back, and we pick the best five or six, and we start to you know demo them out in kind of the second phase of writing, which would be the production uh, process and and just just because it's our home church, we have a lot of our staff. There's probably 15 or 20 people that are involved in this process for us, and a lot of them are here. So I'm going to see if Micah, Nicole, and Bethany, some of our main writers, might be able to stay around at the end if you'd love to talk to them. And then Adam, Adam, raise your hand real quick. Adam Wesley and is Tyler here? 
Tyler Wester. These are both Keys and MDs guys, but they are they are our tracks team. Uh, they are also our um, like four, <laughs> hey hey four years ago we we were not even using tracks here, and John made this call like three weeks before Easter. Every He said, he said, every campus is going to tracks, and Easter Sunday is the first Sunday that we're going to try all this out. It, it was, look, hey, hey, it, it, was a cra- it was a crazy time, but I'm telling you, the Lord told him that. But on the back end of that, what we were able to do, we're late to this party, but we were, what we were able to do is we bought the multi-tracks, and then we broke down every one of these songs, and we goes, oh, that's how they get the keyboards to sound so thick. Oh, that's how they're getting the vocals to sound like that. Oh, that's what they're doing as they layer guitars. And so we basically just took what we were learning from multi-tracks and, and got these programmer guys. We raised these guys up, and now they're sitting, and we have three full-time guys that are working all day and we're in there and we're producing music so that that's that's our flow that's how how our flow works but one other thing I'll say to that is is a great song is a great song on an acoustic guitar and a piano no no amount of polish or production or uh, the greatest mix guy ever all the tracks you can throw is gonna polish that turd and your and your congregation hey your congregation is gonna tell you when you play it it's either gonna resonate with them or it's not so Let's, we had a question down here she's been trying to ask for a while. It was actually the same question, but maybe just on a, like when you scale it back to the very beginning, like when you have just, you know, you're, you're starting out and you have your team, like how do you make the, the calls? Like who's, who's the main guy who's making the calls on the arrangements and stuff when you just, like, well, the song all even. Yeah, all of it. Um. Yeah, so very beginning process, who's making the song, the call, selection, choices, arrangements, all that. Yeah, so typically the worship leaders, worship pastors, worship directors, so if you have, if you're doing it and, you know, you could sit down with somebody on your band if, or you could learn how to do that yourself, but um, typically I've always, as when I was a worship pastor, I always was involved in that process from day one because I was, I felt like I was entrusted to kind of walk that journey out, if you will. And so I wanted to make sure that it felt right for our house and for what was happening that weekend uh, for the different services, whether it was an event, weekend, midweek, whatever it may have been, youth service. And so uh, I always inserted myself into that process. Now it's vastly different. And there's a team of people that do that. But in the, in the beginning days, it was me, myself, and I had figuring out what in the world are we going to do here? How do we do this? I don't know. how We didn't have tracks when I started. It was like I said earlier, it was like a keyboard and a mic, and you just figure it out, and God gives you grace and wisdom, you know? That's awesome. Let me just add to that as we close um, that I think I, I think if you look through the scriptures that, that uh, the anointing of God comes down through spiritual authority. And so I think the, the role of your senior leader is so important. And then if you're the person who's leading that team, you have a role in that too. So I think it's very important. I think, you know, just, just that God's spiritual authority is what really what helps us define how to make calls and what songs we do, what songs we don't do, what kind of sound we have, what kind of sound we don't have. So, okay, hey, so we're done. We're out of time. Let me say this before you guys stir. Um, I'm going to ask these guys, because I know there's un- a lot of unanswered questions. This, the end of the hallway over here, they're going to walk down over there, and then even the staff that, that uh, Chris mentioned earlier 
And we'll just be down there to answer any more questions that you guys might have. We have to clear this room for the next app session. Um, so go ahead and make your way to the next one. If you have questions, we'll be down over here to your right, our left. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great rest of your ARC conference. <laughs>